on today's episode of the Elder Law Coach Podcast. You go through, get all the information, then you ask about the kids, and you say, oh, I see here Johnny is disabled. Yeah, Johnny um, had a car wreck or whatever, and he is now disabled. And you, you have to put on your poker face and say, okay, well, let's move on to this. Welcome to the Elder Law Coach Podcast where you'll get the information you need to really help seniors lower your work stress, improve your work-life balance, and make a good living. Your hosts are certified elder law attorney Todd Watley and his co-host Sarah Scott. They're here to help you do just that. Join us today as we discuss hot topics in elder law and topics to help you help our seasoned citizens and their families. Here's your Elder Law Coach podcast hosts, licensed nursing home administrator Sarah Scott and Todd Watley. That's right. This is the Elder Law Coach podcast. My name is Todd Watley, and I am very thankful that you have joined us today. And I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I am back. I am back in the office. I am getting things done and back on the podcast bandwagon. I've taken some time off, but I'm back. Sadly, though, I am by myself. Um, Could not coordinate with Sarah to do these few podcasts, and I've desperately wanted to get these out to people. So um, I don't have my co-host and you'll probably hear a different tone in my voice just because she tends to brighten things up and and she really is good for me. And I do better when she is helping me, but I wanted to get these out. And so you're just going to have to suffer through just me today. But I think I have some pretty good information that can help you and help families tremendously. Today's topic is Medicaid planning when there is a disabled child. And this is one of those situations where if you understand the Medicaid rules and the exemptions, one of the really cool exemptions is that you can give money to a disabled child of the applicant with no penalty, absolutely no penalty on any asset, okay? And so that really does open up, open up opportunities to protect the entire estate of a client. And that's worth money. That's worth your fees to, number one, know this, to know that is the case. And number two, be able to share this with the client and talk about some of the intricacies of that. But the hardest thing is, and I've I've trained a number of attorneys to become elder law attorneys, and particularly those who were in my office, when I would let them lead the meeting and there was a disabled child, there's been quite a few times they have given away the farm and we lost the client because it's like, I don't need you. I don't need you to do this application if transferring everything to my disabled child is a penalty-free transfer, why do I need you to do this? And so you've got to be careful in how you present this. And so many times this information will come early in the meeting because if you do a, a good intake sheet, one of your questions for each of the children is, are they disabled or are they not? And if, if hopefully the person who fills out the intake sheet, will complete that. And if not, you need to ask about each child. Are they disabled? Are they on social security disability? 
And if the answer is yes, then yes, they are disabled. Now, what about the person who is disabled but just never applied for Social Security disability? Those are those are difficult cases, but they're not impossible. And technically, I would suggest you you go back and look at your rules, but see if there is an alternative to determining that a person is disabled if they are not on Social Security disability. <clears throat> and typically that is done by a team of people from the state when you make this claim and say, hey, this child is disabled, but they are not on Social Security disability. They've not been determined disabled by Social Security. I need you to make that determination. And there is a team um, in my state, it's called the MRT, Medical Review Team. They will come in, they will look at medical records, they will look at the person, and they can determine, yes, this person is disabled and meets the guidelines for a disabled child. But if they're on Social Security disability, it's done, it's over with, you don't need anything else, it's it's a very easy case, okay? So hopefully you discover that on intake, and you sit down and you go through get all the information. Then you ask about the kids and you say, Oh, I see here. Johnny is disabled. Yeah. Johnny, um, had a car wreck or whatever, and he is now disabled. And you, you have to put on your poker face and say, okay, well let's move on to this. And you continue with your interview and get income assets, previous transfers, all of the stuff you would normally do. But then you do need to spend some time and possibly do it once you talk about the kids and you you find out Johnny is disabled. You have to ask if there are other children, how do they get along? If Johnny is an only child and he's disabled, this is a piece of cake case, okay? Piece of cake. You can protect everything and these people will love you, all right? But if there are other siblings that aren't disabled, there's a potential problem because the rules say you can only do penalty-free transfers to the disabled child, not the other children. And so to protect the entire state, you have to give everything to this disabled child. That's more than likely going to be a problem with the other children. And so then you need to inquire as to... What is their relationship? Do they feel bad that this person's disabled? And are they willing to help protect him? And you as the client, are you in your distribution plan, were you going to leave this disabled child more money than the other children because they are disabled? I mean, just get into that and get a feel for how this family feels about this disabled person. And and. You may think, well, they're disabled. That makes sense. Well, um, I don't know how long you've been an attorney and what kind of cases you've done, but there are some people that are on disability that aren't really disabled, okay? I mean, they they can fail the test and they can complain enough. And, and please understand, I used to be a physical therapist, okay? And as an outpatient physical therapist, I would see people that were clearly trying to get on disability and just really did not want to work. That's not all of them. Okay. Don't send me nasty emails. 
saying I'm, I'm saying all people on disability are that. I'm not. Absolutely not. There are people who are truly disabled and need to be on the service. But I will also tell you there are some people who are on Social Security disability who simply don't want to work. And if the family sees this person as someone who simply doesn't want to work, they may not be that willing to say, mm, nah, I'm not okay with mom and dad giving all the assets to this child because they just don't want to work. So that opens up some um, you know, mediation opportunities for you as the attorney to say, okay, so, and you do this after we do everything else. So let's just say there's some animosity there and you've got to work through that, okay? You don't want to go into this because the biggest thing about selling this case is you can't give away the farm too quickly, if you say, oh, you have a dis, and that's, this is what my attorney did in my office. He just said, oh, you have a disabled child. We can give everything to that child with no penalty, and you're qualified for Medicaid. And family's like, okay, cool. And they gathered up their stuff and left. And I was like, well, that was not handled well. <laughs> okay, we, we lost that one. And so um, you have to be careful, and I am very – adamant that in most cases you were very forthcoming with the client. And I think you can even tell, you know, like in a spousal case, you can tell Ms. Jones early on, Ms. Jones, I can tell that you are extremely stressed out that you're going to lose everything. But under the Medicaid spousal protection rules, we're going to protect everything. She's like, wow, really? Yes, we can protect everything. You can give away that farm in that meeting because it still takes your expertise and your work to do it correctly. And she has to hire you to go through that. But if you give away the farm on a disabled child case, they literally, it's like, Oh, that's information I didn't know. Now I know. So we can go to Medicaid and present this. And so you've got to be careful. And what I recommend is you get, you know, sit down, do your opening. Hey, what can I do for you? They bring up their issues. You let them talk, which I've talked about how to handle the initial meeting in a previous podcast. So you let them talk, and then finally you start directing them toward income and assets and the children. And once you get that nugget of information that they have a disabled child, you continue on with your discussion. Once you're at the end and you've you've kind of gotten everything that you – can get from them, you say, look, normally I'm not this cagey, but I am telling you, I can protect everything that you have. And their eyes get big, they tilt their head, and it's like, what? It's like, yes, under the Medicaid rules, my expertise as an elder law attorney, I know these rules extremely well, better than anyone that you've talked to probably, and I am telling you that I can protect everything. And they're like, really, how? And I'm like, well, it's it's actually on its face very simple. Okay, When I tell you, you may be tempted to gather up your stuff and leave, but I am warning you not to do that. And in this situation, I'm going to demand that you hire me before I give you the answer. And this is the only case where I do that in. I, I am very forthcoming with clients. I explain to them what I'm going to do. But in this case, you've got to be careful because they can pack up their stuff and leave and they don't need you once you disclose this piece of information. And so 
if they seem very trustworthy and I'm like, look, my fee is X thousand dollars and I can save everything and I will do the application for you. I will walk this through the state. I will talk to the nursing home because they're going to freak out once they find out you've given away everything and now you're coming into their nursing home thinking Medicaid's going to pay. They're going to freak out. Have them call me or I will call them and explain, yes, Mr. Jones is going to go on to Medicaid, even though he just gave everything to his son. And they're like, oh, you can't do that. Yes, you can. And I'll explain that to them. So here's my fee. Are you going to hire me to do this or not? And they don't have a choice. I mean, they you can quote just about, don't be crazy, okay? Be reasonable, quote your standard fee, but say, I can protect your entire estate for this much money. Are you going to hire me to do that? And and if 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 they seem trustworthy and they're like, well, yeah, of course, then you can proceed. If you're a little squirrely, if you think they're a little bit squirrely or you're not sure that they're going to follow through, whip out your contract and say, look, I want a signed contract from you saying that you're going to pay me this much money to do this. And I and you know, and they're like, well, you're not telling me what you're going to do. How do I know you're going to do it? You have my state bar to go to. If I sit here and lie to you and I can't do this, you can go to the bar and I promise you they will address the issue for you. Okay. So I promise you, I've done this before. I know the rules. I can get him on Medicaid, but you've got to sign this contract before I disclose it. And so you you get a commitment from them. If they're not willing to do that, let them go. They will lose a whole lot of money that they didn't have to. So I've never had anyone say, oh, no, I'm not going to hire you. You quote your fee. You, you're adamant that they hire you before they leave the room. And now they're like, yes, I will hire you. And you say, under the Medicaid rules, There is an exemption to the gifting penalty that says gifts to a disabled child are not penalized. And so therefore we can simply give everything to the disabled child and we can apply for Medicaid immediately and you should be approved. And they're going to look at you and go, wow, that's kind of easy. It's like, well, on its face it is, but please understand just because the state says you can do it doesn't mean, number one, that the caseworker knows because these are not common cases and we don't know what level of training that caseworker is in. And so we don't know that they're going to say, yep, this is a disabled child case, you're approved. Or they're going to say, well, I don't know. I, as the attorney, I know the rules. I can send them to their own rule book and I can do a fair hearing if they just stand their ground to say, no, this is not going to work. I will fight this for you. That's what you're hiring me for. And the nursing home, I promise you, is going to freak out. I will explain this to them. I will point them to the rules. And your your nursing home knows me, okay? And if once you've been doing this enough, you've done enough cases, your name's going to get out there as the Medicaid expert. And when you call the nursing home and say, look, I've got this case, They're going to be on Medicaid immediately. Even though we are giving things away, they'll be like, okay, we trust you. And so either they trust you or you explain it to them. So it makes the family's life much easier. Okay, so they've hired, you've explained it, you know what to do. You you simply give everything to the disabled child. 
two issues. Number one, family, the kids don't get along. They're going to be upset that everything's going to this disabled child. Okay. Not an easy fix, but there is a fix. You simply then, and many times they are most aggravated about the home. Okay. It's like, you're going to give the entire house to my good for nothing disabled brother. Yes, I am. But once you transfer it from the applicant to the disabled child, what happens after that is none of the state's business regarding your client, which is the elderly person going into the nursing home. And so many times as a compromise, I will do a deed from the applicant to the disabled child. And in that very same meeting, and contingent upon doing this first deed is a second deed that says the disabled child is now dividing everything equally between himself and his siblings. Okay. So we have that deed. We tell the disabled child, look, we're only going, I am only going to have your father sign this deed to you if you agree to sign it to your siblings. And typically, They'll do that, okay? Same thing with bank accounts. It's like, okay, we're going to transfer this investment account or this IRA to you. Obviously, with an IRA, there's tax issues. But anyway, this money from dad to you, and you're going to agree to put it in a bank account that is jointly owned between you and all of your siblings, okay? And so it is my position. This gets a little technical and a little dicey in that, well, wait a second. You gave it to the child, but with the agreement that the child was going to do something else with it. Well, yeah, the rules don't say that you can't do that. It's just a transfer from the parents to the child is a non-penalized transfer, and that's what we did. It's none of the state's business what the child does with the money once it is theirs or the property once it is theirs. And so you have them then protect their siblings. Okay. So that's issue number one. And that generally works. You just don't do the planning. If the disabled child doesn't agree to do that, we do half a loaf or whatever under the traditional rules without a disabled child. Okay. The next thing is what if that child is on Medicaid? Well, they can't get assets, number one, and they can't get assets and then give them away. Number two, So in that situation, it does have to go solely to that child. You do a supplemental needs trust, and that is a third-party supplemental needs trust so that it it is a sole benefit trust, which does mean, and you, you have to explain to the other siblings, you will not have access to this money until your sibling passes away. That is the downside to this is this money is basically going to be on hold until your disabled sibling passes away. But in this trust, this supplemental or special needs trust, the disabled child will be the sole beneficiary of that trust while they are alive. And then at their death, it will go to their, their siblings or their siblings' children. So per stirpes. And so that way, um, you can still transfer the money. And the rules say you can give money directly to the child or you can give the money to a trust for the sole benefit of that disabled child. All right. 
And so here you are able to protect everything. You're able to get care for your client immediately and protect stuff. It's, it, it's a really fun case, but you've got to be careful because you can lose these really quick. You, you get excited. I, I had a, my assistant case manager, he was sitting beside me taking notes like he always does. And the, the family mentioned disabled child. And so I took it and kept my poker face and I was moving on and my case manager was fairly new. And he's like, Hey Todd, Todd, did, did you miss that there's a disabled child and we can give everything and you know, we can give everything to the child with, without a penalty. And I just kind of looked at him. I was like, well, yeah, I knew that. And now so do they. <laughs> and so I don't remember if they hired us or not, but he and, and I had a very long conversation to say, don't spill the beans too quickly. All right. And particularly if you're the attorney, you, you may get excited and, and blurt that out. And I mean, it's fine. And you can still tell, even if you do mess up. Okay. So that's, this is my, my final point here is even if you do mess up, as I've always said on other cases is like, even if it's a simple Medicaid case, it's still not simple. Okay. People need us as attorneys with our, you know, ability to know the rules, explain the rules, and just the fear factor of state caseworkers saying, oh, this is an attorney doing this, that does up the level of respect. It does make them be more careful. And we do have power to do things that the normal citizen can't, okay? And, I mean, that alone should indicate that they should hire us to do this, even if it's, quote, simple. But number two is I've had people say, I'm not going to hire you. Okay, fine. Go do this yourself. And a few days later, they call me and say, do you really know what you're doing? I'm like, what happened? And they'll say, well, we told the caseworker that we gave everything to the disabled child. And the caseworker said, well, you can't do that. And of course, that's the state. That's the caseworker. This is what they do for a living. And obviously, Nate. They know the rules better than I do. And so I'm the idiot who's like, what are you trying to get over on us? The caseworker said you can't give money to a disabled child without a penalty. And I'm like, well, they're wrong. Well, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, and it's, it just goes to pot. And it's like, well, I'm telling you, you've not hired me. So I'm not going to spend too long on this phone call to convince you that I'm right. I promise you, I've done this before. I know the rules and I'm right. But if you didn't hire me, so good luck with that. And once you've gone through that a, a time or two, you can legitimately with old stories say, look, I will tell you that if, and the nursing home's going to say the same thing. They're like, oh, you've made gifts. We're not going to keep you here. You're going to be discharged because you're not paying the bill. And since you gave away assets, you'll, you'll never qualify for Medicaid. And so you're being discharged. And the, the, the family's all upset and it's like, well, I tried to fix this by getting you to hire me. Okay. And so, um, there, okay. So just tell the families you really should hire me. I'm saving everything. I'm, I'm saving X number of, of dollars and I'm, I'm only charging 10 or 12 or $15,000, whatever your fee is. It is 
peanuts in comparison to what you're saving. And it's like, you won't have to fight with the nursing home. You won't have to fight with the state. I know my stuff. I will do this for you. I will take so much off of your plate. Please hire me and let us do this for you. Okay. And that will work probably 95% of the time. There will be those few that just won't fine. Let them go, but don't spend too much time on the phone defending yourself because they chose not to hire you. Let them go sleep in the bed they made. All right. All right. Those are fun cases. You know, it's, it's fun for us because we know the rules. It's fun for the family because they get to keep everything. And it's just, it's fun cases, but you can easily mess up on those. And I've been through those. And like my whole story is with coaching is don't make the mistakes I've made. I learned this the hard way. I did it by myself and I learned it by making a ton of mistakes I don't want you to make those mistakes. You don't want to make those mistakes because sometimes those mistakes are very expensive. And so please let me keep you from making those mistakes. I would love to be your coach. If you have questions, please call the office. Check out our new website. I've just hired a new company to do all kinds of things for us. One of those things is the website. And so I encourage you to check out the website There's phone numbers there. Call. I do a free initial phone call. Let's talk. Let's figure out exactly what you need, where you are in your practice. And I would love to be your elder law coach and help you do the best job in the world. All right. Thank you very much. And I'll be back next time. You've been listening to Todd Watley and Sarah Scott on the Elder Law Coach Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want more information on Todd's coaching program to help you learn elder law and grow your practice, contact him at Todd at The Elder Law Coach or visit the website, theelderlawcoach.com.